Hey, welcome to Eat Crime Bites, Season 2, Episode 11. Instagram influencer Danielle Miller, she has $1 million of COVID loan fraud. And if you're watching this, you're going to see a picture of Danielle Miller there, and she is obviously practicing COVID social distancing rules with her friend on our thumbnail. And I didn't have to really look that hard for this picture. If you're wondering like where I picked this picture and I must be the biggest pervert ever. I, this was just in the middle of her Instagram photos and you're going to see her Instagram. She doesn't have a ton of Instagram photos out there. So this is one of those very few pictures that are out there. And I was like, Hey, we're going to have to use this. Right? So in this case, case Seth, I picked it because it's Instagram. Everybody knows Instagram. That's going to be the technology here. But we're going to be talking about DMV records. There's this electronic system behind the scenes that is used to get some information. That's the second part of the technology in this case. Now, the crime, like I said, is over a million dollars. It's actually over $1.2 million worth of pandemic loan fraud. And we're going to talk about what that loan is here in a second. The victims, there's a couple victims in this case. One I just name as the U.S. government because you're they're the ones doing the loans and so they're the most direct victim but there are going to be several victims of id theft there's going to be some victims that we identify with the initials of l m s and k e throughout here we're not going to use their full names we're just going to use those initials and you're going to see that danielle kind of did a number on both of those individuals and why this case i think this is just one of those things where you kind of you kind of get interested in the dark side of a social media influencer and wanted to see just you know what could happen when things turn bad and in this case you're going to see a lot of it so in this week we have four different acts we have act one which is today this is monday we're going to introduce the victims those initials that we just talked about tuesday act two it's going to be called there's a post for that and you're going to see this is the point where they start tying the crimes into Danielle Miller. Wednesday, Act 3, this is definitely when Miller is caught. So that's what I named that one. And then Thursday, we're going to round it out with our last act, and that's going to be the punishment that she had. So let's go ahead and get started with Act 1, Meet the Victims. So to do this, I've got to give you a little bit of background on a couple pieces of information here because Seth and I are going to just get into the victims right away and talking about some of these crimes. And if I don't do this, you're going to say, what is this thing he's talking about? And what is that thing he's talking about? So give me a couple minutes here just to give you a little bit of a background. Then all this stuff is going to make sense. Couple initials you need to know. SBA stands for Small Business Administration. They're a government entity that will procure these loans that are going to people during the COVID period. Now there's a specific type of loan called a EIDL loan. And you might hear Seth and I saying something like idle or along those lines. That's the loan we're talking about. And this stands for economic injury disaster loans. That's what the initials stand for. And the SBA, they produce these loans, these idle loans and they can be hefty. I mean, they can go up to millions of dollars and it's all based upon what you self-report. So 
if you're familiar with the U.S. tax system, there's some self-reporting in there that the government kind of basically trusts you for a little while before you even up at the end of the year. And there's some, there's basically some trust in there. There's also some trust in this idle process where the government gets this information and might not be able to verify it right away, kind of like your taxes. And they will, you know, give the, like these like emergency smaller loans out of the bigger loan pile of money sooner because they assume some companies need it faster than others because they might have to lay off employees and stuff like that. Okay, I'm going to try to paraphrase real quick. COVID happens. The economy basically shuts down. People couldn't go to work. Companies couldn't operate. One of the things the government did was they funded the Small Business Administration, or SBA, with these idle loans. And it was basically a free-for-all. You had a small business, any small business, asked for money, you got the money. And I think a lot of the money was never actually required to be even paid back. It was basically free money um, to try to stimulate the economy. So a lot of trust. And there were crazy stories that were known. One guy in Florida uh, was buying Lamborghinis with his loan money. Um, and it wasn't for like commercial use. It was because he wanted to own fast Italian cars. Okay, so I'm gonna switch gears real quick on you to another piece of technology that plays a role in this case. This is called My RMV. Now, my self-explanatory, but the RMV part stands for Registry of Motor Vehicles. Different states call this different things. Where I live, they call it DMV. So just think this is where you go to register your car and do all the registration type of duties online for the state of Massachusetts. Now, Commonwealth Jones, the, it's a Commonwealth. Okay. Now the, the important part of this system is there's a lot of personal information in here, not just your car information. You have your name, you have your date of birth, you have social security numbers, you have your driver's license information, you have your addresses. Basically, it's a hacker's haven if you can get in there and get that person's information. Keep that in mind because this is gonna play a role here in a few minutes. So with those two pieces of information, now you have enough information to understand what Janielle did here. And Seth will go ahead and get right into the fraudulent activity. Okay, so let's go back to kind of the heart of when we were in COVID here, right? So this is early November of 2020. We had a victim whose initials are LMS, L as in Lara, M as in Michael, S as in Sarah, uh, reported that around October of 2020, a month prior, uh, she had received a $50 refund check from a company called BHI Stewart's Landing LP in the mail. The check indicated that it was a refund for canceling a move into a property. Kind of random, right? So following a receipt of the check, LMS, the victim, contacted that company, BHI Stewart's Landing, and discovered that her identity had been used in connection with an online lease application for property in Texas. And the application listed the name, um, her date of birth, and her social. So there was additional correspondence um, in which BHI Stewart's Landing asked the applicant for a bank statement to process the application. And according to the company, uh, it was a bank called TD Bank. Uh, in the statement, uh, LMS 
provided her identity and an identification document with an expiration date of November 7th of 2020. Uh, and those were provided in support of the lease application. So LMS has reported, by the way, that she was not involved with that lease whatsoever. So this is all fraudulent. Yeah. And do note that date, the expiration date of November 7th, 2020. This is going to come up again, but we're now talking about November 6th of 2020. So the identification information that she gave them expired the next day. It wasn't right. next the next year or anything like that. It was the next day. Right. So now let's flash forward. Uh, it's about six months now they are in early April of 2021. So now agents are investigating. By agents, Jones, I believe this is what, FBI agents? Uh, either FBI or HSI. I can't remember which one in this case. Anyway, law enforcement agents are investigating here. So on April 9th of 2021, the agent quotes that she uh, spoke with victim LMS and learned that she had become aware of a breach to her, uh, we're gonna uh, it's RMV, so her her motor vehicle uh, account. When she realized her account was linked to a phone number that was not hers, so the bank, the TD Bank records reveal uh, that the account number that I guess associates with our our victim here was opened under the name LMS, and LMS had reported that she did not open that account. TD Bank records reflect the deposit of one hundred and two thousand dollars from the Small Business Administration, or SBA, to the TD Bank account on August 6th of 2020. And again, LMS has reported she did not apply for any SBA loan. All right, so that was one chunk of the evidence. If we look at a different chunk of the evidence, we know about this MyRMV, right? So because it's an online service, there's logs associated. Just like any other online service we've talked about in pretty much any episode, on e-crime bites. So when the agents looked at who logged in as LMS, they got this IP address and this IP address, if you haven't joined us in prior episodes, it's just a numerical address that identifies a computer out there on the internet. Now I'm going to read you the number in this case, in case you're curious, it's, I'm just going to refer to it by a shorter number throughout, but it's 174.61.43.1 nine four and we'll probably just say the ip address dot one nine four that's just how we'll refer to things like that now this ip address which is pretty unique logged in as lms on august 1st of 2020 at approximately 8 48 p.m and linked a phone number that ended i'm not gonna read you the stuff up front it's a florida phone number that ends in nine seven eight one this individual that logged in also tried to make several unsuccessful attempts to request a duplicate license. I kind of think somebody breaking into an account, stealing identity records, they would do that, right? That would make sense. And the other thing that they tried to do was they attempted to a, do an address change and that was unsuccessful. They didn't say what it was to, but I imagine it was probably to where Danielle, because you're going to find out she's a subject of this, where she lives. That's what I'm guessing. I don't know that for sure. So on August 1st of 2020 at approximately 9, 18 PM, that IP address, that computer address, then again, opened an online bank account at, at TD bank. And this is the account that Seth talked about earlier. This just happens to end in one zero one zero. The account was in the name of LMS and 
you know, the social security number and the date of birth on the account match the information that Seth presented you previously. And the account listed a, an address in Miami, Florida and a phone number that also matched, which ended up with the 9781 that I just talked to you about a little bit previously. So all these numbers and addresses and so forth are starting to match up and paint a picture of who might be behind this criminal action. And we're going to get a lot more details here in a second. So on August 1st, 2020, a few minutes later, this is now 9:28 PM. This IP again, then went and filed this idle loan with the SBA. So one IP address logged into the department of motor vehicles, then created a bank account, then created a loan all in a short amount of time in the same day. I mean, that's right there. You, you pretty much know what they're doing, right? Again, everything was in this name of LMS. This is the individual who said this wasn't me. Um, I know she's female, so I can tell you she said it wasn't me. And when agents then said, hey, this IP address, this computer address is important. We better figure out who's behind it. It ended up being a Comcast cable modem that was subscribed since August 5th of 2017. So three years prior. And it was registered to this person. The initials are HB. And the reason why I'm giving the initials is because they're a victim too. And it was another address in Miami, Florida. And they had this email address that looks like it might be redacted on part of it. And it just kind of ends in like rental 725 at comcast.net. So they got a person, but it looks like that person may also be a victim. I don't know if it's Danielle surfing somebody's Wi-Fi and going through somebody else's home that way, or if she registered it in another victim's name or what that story is that was in the court paperwork and probably is an interesting tangent all by itself i imagine so you know one of my favorite statements on this show was follow the money right so i wrote that this actually, for you yeah i know i appreciate it so that actually happened here right so the td bank records uh from account ending in 1010 revealed numerous transactions in the uh, amount of 1900 dollars from Publix supermarket in uh, Southwest Miami, Florida. So those of you who don't know, Publix is like this humongous and frankly amazing supermarket chain known for having fantastic subs. And uh, it's kind of like a, you know, a, a very, I don't say high end, but it's a fantastic grocery store that's definitely down south. And those purchases happened between August and September of 2020. Uh, and Publix reported the transactional details of the transactions that occurred with a debit card that ended in 9956. That was associated with that same bank account that ends in 1010. So Publix records reveal that the items purchased were Western Union money orders. Oh, by the way, Publix does more than just sells food. They have some professional services like offering money services through Western Union. Uh, there was a Western Union money order, all stand Publix 1009 and were totaling $22,862. The majority of the money orders were made out to a company called KE Gems and Jewels, and some listed a purchaser and signature of LS. Some money orders listed other names as the purchaser to include some that appear to read DM, as in dog money. Or Danielle Miller. Or Danielle Miller. 
So let's continue following the money. TD Bank records reveal a credit card application that was dated October 6, 2020 in the name of LS, which was ultimately declined. The application also listed the date of birth for Soch and also the name and identifiers of KE. We'll come back to KE shortly. And as noted, LMS had reported that she is unfamiliar with KE and that LMS did not apply for this card. And the application listed the address in an apartment down in Miami, Florida. Yeah, and this is a, we may say it on, you know, in the future on this episode, but this is the 60 Southwest Miami, Florida apartment. Um, this address will definitely come up several times yeah. <laughs> throughout this episode. So I'm going to say it just in case we end up saying 60 Southwest at some point. Yeah. And with that, we're going to pause because act one is done. We've introduced you to the victims. We've introduced you to the crime. You're going to enjoy act two because this is where the agents put all the crimes to Danielle Miller. And it's not just identifying her. We're, we have pictures. We have her using these things that she stole on Instagram. And we're going to look at all of them. And it's going to be a lot of fun. So do please come back in act two and check that out. Uh, if you haven't been to our website, please go there. It's ecrimebytes.com. Bytes spelled the computer way. B Y is in yellow milk. T E S.com. And whatever application you're listening to or watching us on, please give us thumbs ups, five stars. If you got a spot where you can fill something out, tell us what episode's your favorite. And we really appreciate that. That helps us move up the charts and all the different streaming platforms that we stream this out there. And with that, we look forward to seeing you on act two. See you then. See you tomorrow.